0: Let's turn to Matthew 6 and let's, uh, today as we, uh, one as I shut this clock up here because I don't need to see that. Uh, Today as we we look at prayer, we're going to look, dig into our fourth request here. Uh, This uh, give us uh, this day our daily bread. And so before we do that, let's stand in the honor of reading God's word. We'll read this prayer and then we'll jump straight into the passage today. So here's Christ's uh, guidance for us on how we should pray. Found here, Matthew 6, matched in Luke 11. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, we ask all these things today that we have just read. I pray, Father, that we would listen to the words of Christ and that we would pray like this. That this would indeed be a model prayer for us. That we would model all of our prayers after this one. And today, as we look, asking you to give us uh, this day our daily bread. Father, I pray that you would teach us uh, what we're even asking so that we might ask it rightly, and so that we might wait expectantly for your answer. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so so last week we we, we got into this, just beginning by looking at the question of, you know, asking God to give us anything. Like, that just seems, it seems wild that we can even come to God and say, hey, give me... You know, this, uh, give, give me, I mean, it, 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 he has blessed us with, with so much. How can we come to him and ask anything of him? I mean, we, we should be giving to him, uh, not him to us. And yet here it is the Lord that teaches us, it commands us to come to him and say, give us this day our daily bread. And so we saw that when we're asking God to give, the reason we can do that is we're, we're asking it as a request, not a demand. We're not demanding anything from God. We're asking it as a gift, not as a debt. God owes us nothing. Even, even if we were to fill our lives with good deeds, God would not owe us any, any bread, anything. We saw that it's a prayer of confidence rather than doubt. And we saw that it is a command, that the Lord commands us to ask the Father to give us this. And the reason is there are several reasons that we would be commanded to ask God to give, uh, some of those being that it shows our faith, this is in many ways a, a Sabbath prayer, we said, it is a prayer of rest. Father, if I'm going to get daily bread, it's going to come from you. So it shows our faith. If I come to God and say, give me you know, this, this most base of needs, it's a recognition that God's going to be the one to take care of us. Uh, it recognizes that not just our bread, but everything comes from him. Uh, it grows our faith and ultimately prepares us for Christ, who is our bread. And we're going to look even more at that next week and the week after, delving into Christ as our daily bread. Uh, And so we saw that asking God to give really, it really puts faith to flesh, right? I believe these things, but I believe it so much that that I'm going to come to you and say, if I'm going to get even bread, it's got to come from you. And so I'm asking this because I know I can't even supply myself with bread. It might see, you know, you might pull up your your online bank account or look at your credit card or, you know, count the cash in your wallet and say, well, I think I could provide myself with bread. Uh, But that's not true. Uh, The Lord is the one who provides your bread uh, every day. So so now that we understand why it's okay, why we're commanded uh, to ask God to give, why of all the things we could ask God for, why does the thing he tells us to ask for this? Why does he say, I mean, give, so we're supposed to get, what are we asking God to give us? Give us our daily bread. Why that? Why this? Now, actually, this idea, give us this day our daily bread. It's pretty interesting here in the Lord's Prayer in a way that you, we normally, and by normal I mean, I couldn't find one. Uh, this is a different request from all the other requests in the Lord's Prayer. It's different in how it's structured, Uh, specifically in the Greek. So, all the others, every other request in the Lord's Prayer begins with the verb. Uh, And this is going to be like, oh man, I did horrible in grammar class. Uh, But it begins with the verb. So, every other request begins in this way. Every other request begins, holify your name, right? Come your kingdom. Not your kingdom come. In, In the Greek, it's come your kingdom. In the Greek, it's holify your name. Come your kingdom done be your will forgive us do not lead us deliver us so every other one of the requests begins with the verb but this one doesn't it doesn't here and it doesn't in Luke 11 either in that in that parallel time that Jesus taught in Luke 11 when the disciples said Lord teach us to pray This one is different. And for that reason, it stands, as you're reading the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't often stand out in our English translations, but this request stands out, one, because it shifts from the you to the us, and also because instead of beginning with give, it begins with our daily bread. So why? Why does it do that? What is it? So if we were looking at it, it would, you know, in a quite wooden way that would sound weird to us. The, that fourth request is actually, our daily bread, give us this day. Our daily bread, give us this day. So why? I mean, Jesus could have very easily, why did he do that? Jesus could have very easily had said, give us this day, our daily bread. He could have began with the give us. Why? And this request of all of them, does he begin and with our daily bread? Well, one thing is, that's going to put extra emphasis on that word. It's going to show there's something different about why I am moving daily bread to the front. I'm I'm highlighting these words in this request. It's been very formulaic in the prayer. It's been very much, you know, uh, uh, holify, uh, come, do. I mean, everything, verb, verb, verb. But now I'm sticking our daily bread there at the front. So a few things I think we can learn from this as we're looking at what does it mean to ask God for our daily bread? What does it mean for God to give us our daily bread? The first thing I think we can, we can learn by, by that placement there at the front is that it is important. What, what we're asking for, what we're asking God for is important. So Jesus doesn't just begin with, with give us but instead he begins with what we're going to ask God to give before he even throws in the word give, before he even puts the word give. He makes it very clear what it is we're asking God to give, putting emphasis on this idea of our daily bread. So God wants us to ask, but he wants us to ask for the right things. So much so that he puts what we're asking for before he even tells us to to the give part of it. So there there are many who don't have a problem asking God to give. But they're asking God to give all the wrong things. And sometimes that's us. We don't have a problem praying and asking God, give me this. I need this. Take care of this. But we're asking for all the things not mentioned in this prayer. Many who ask God to give, don't ask God to give them their daily bread. I mean, when is the last time that you felt that you needed something? God, I need you to do this. And God, please, I need this. And, and when is the last time that this, that you just had to have, was daily bread? Daily bread is, is often assumed. I mean, we, like, we, think, we think bigger. We think bolder, right? We, I mean, if God's going to give, it's going to be this grand thing. I mean, people, people flock to books like, you know, like the, remember the prayer of Jabez, uh, because they think that, that 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 prayer is about God giving them more stuff but but i don 't think i don 't think there would be much hubbub at the bookstore uh, for a book about believing God for your daily bread i mean if there was can you imagine sort of like a you know did you know that you too can ask God for this unbelievable request you know hidden here in one verse in Matthew six, yes, you too can trust God for Daily bread. I mean, no one's gonna flock. No one's gonna flock to that. No one's gonna heap up that and say, "Look, you won't believe it." God's gonna give us our daily bread. But that prayer for daily bread is actually far more of all, far more of all the things that Jesus tells us to ask of the Father. He tells us to ask for our daily bread before you ask anything of God, any earthy thing. Remember the thing that Jesus does tell us to ask for of all things is to come to the father and say, father in heaven, give us our daily bread. So it, it, this, I think that putting our daily bread at the first teaches us that what we're asking for is important. So important that Jesus puts it at the beginning. Our daily bread is going to be important. This is going to be an important request and an important thing for the Lord to give us. And we're going to see why when we learn to, uh, what bread is. The second thing I think this teaches us is it is okay to ask for earthy things. To ask for earthy things in this way. Uh, now, you'll note, I'm intentionally calling it earthy rather than earthly, uh, because sometimes if you see that, in, I mean, that's going to tie too close to worldly, uh, and that's not, and in, in scripture that can often have an evil connotation, uh, and so that, I don't want to get it tied into that. I'm not saying it's okay to pray for sinful or worldly things, of course, uh, and that's what when it talks about worldly things, earthly things, that's what it's talking about. Uh, and, and I'm not, I don't you think I'm, I'm, I'm poo-pooing the prayer of Jabez either. I mean, that is a prayer you find in scripture. So we don't want to be like, you know, Jabez was crazy to pray, you know, this sort of prayer. I just think people have a natural tendency to misread that book and to be more excited about that than they are about the Lord saying, Hey, pray for God to give you your daily bread. So when it comes to praying for things, what, what often happens is people tend to be in one of two ditches, right? Just like everything else. What you'll have is, is sometimes... Uh, you've got one group that they'll pray and they'll ask God for for, for earth, very earthy things, but they'll ask God for things like uh, Ferraris, private jets. I mean, they got, they got no problem, and asking you to help fulfill this prayer for them with a simple contribution. I mean, so, I mean, these are, I mean, this is the, the Kenneth Copeland's, the Joel Osteen's, the, the Stephen Furtick's of the world, but you've got another group, you've got another group that sometimes in response to that, We'll think that asking for any earthly thing is wrong. sometimes we can, we can so feel as if this place isn't our home, that we're a just a passing through, that to ask for anything that has to do with this world, that that must be worldly. It's almost like a, like a Christian pietism. Like if God, if God catches you, you, you smiling or being happy that that means you've become worldly. I mean, so that's the ditch on the other side of the road. But we can't get past the fact that this here is a very earthy request. Well, we're going to see that it's also got spiritual connotations as well, but we don't want to just move past the very earthy Fulfillment that the Lord is giving us. We don't want to just instantly go from, from feeding us bread to no, no, the bread is deep. We don't want to jump into some sort of early, you know, like allegory, like everything's allegory here and this isn't really bread. No, we're asking God a very earthy request here Give me bread. Give me the bread I'm going to need. Now, why? Because what does God realize? We are very much an earthy people. Not an earthly people, not a worldly people, but we are a people of the earth. And quite literally, I mean, the word, the word Adam, not, not, all, not only the name of the first man, but also the, the, Hebrew, the Hebrew word Adam, which means man, comes from the word Adama, which means ground. And where did the Lord take the man? I mean, Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord God formed the man of dust, from the ground. Literally, God formed Adam from the Adama. So we're a very earthy people composed of earth. And God gives us earthy men a very earthy task. What does he tell us to do? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And God gives us, when you're reading scripture, God gives us a very earthy future. We, the meek, inherit the what? The earth. In the end, remember, we, in the end, we don't go to heaven. Heaven comes down to earth. Earth and heaven united again. We spend, a, we spend a very heavenly, earthly existence. Eternity. In fact, if you want to know how important God considers your earthiness, the physicalness of you, and sustaining that physicalness, you want to see how important that is to God? It's so important to God that God resurrects that earthiness. Our bodies of dust, our bodies of ground, our bodies of dirt, God resurrects them. We go from dirt to dirt, from dust to dust, and then to resurrected dirt. So we don't, want to, we don't want to see, we don't want to just totally throw off the physicality of this, the fact that the Lord is meeting our physical needs. Very, very really taking care of your needs now as a person, as a creature of his, a creature made of earth and who needs bread to live. We are earth that lives on earthy sustenance. And it is okay for us to ask for those things that keep us alive and to feel no guilt in those requests. The reason I point this out, not only to correct a a heavenly overcorrection, is that it is the earthiness of this prayer that actually gives us so much hope. In this way, Calvin said it better, and I was going to steal it and pretend he didn't say it. He says, in this prayer, we feel that his fatherly kindness extends to the smallest matters so that he does not disdain to take care even of our flesh. It's precisely because this prayer, this ask is so earthy that it is so rich. If God will provide for our dust, what will he do for your soul? So we do not want to so quickly move from the very physical, the very earthiness of a God who supplies your physical needs and who tells you to cry out to him to supply your earthy needs because the God who will take care of a bunch of dust will take care of his children. And a God who will feed your dirt today will feed your soul forever so we we want to recognize okay so it's so it's it's important what we ask for and it's it's okay to ask for earthy things to come to God and say God we I'm going to need daily bread every day I'm going to need bread and that's got to come from you it's okay to ask for those earthy things so of all the earthy things to ask for though what does God tell us to ask what does God tell us of of all the earthiness we could ask for he says our daily bread give us that's what we need our daily bread so that's our question now what is that what is our daily bread are we just asking for bread Is this just saying God supply bread? And then some of us are like, I have a gluten allergy. Uh, and so I don't even know if, you know, should I still pray this prayer? Is this, is this just about that? What is this? What is our daily bread? There are actually three words in this request. The, the, we'll look at the first one today, the main word bread. Uh, And then there are two descriptions of that bread, so bread that is ours give us, bread that is our daily bread give us. Let's begin with what is bread. Biblically, what is bread? Okay, when we're looking at bread and Jesus using the word bread, well, bread is actually a really important word in the Bible as you're going through it, if you're reading scripture, especially after you you've heard this, you're probably going to see bread everywhere. Uh and you're going, "Man, there's a lot of bread uh in the Bible. It's found in some major stories, as an important part of major stories. It's a it's a, we're going to see next week. Especially it's a very important metaphor for some very important things, some spiritual eternal things. So what is bread? Bread is quite simply everything we need. Everything we need. Uh, again, although sometimes in the Bible, bread is just bread. The word bread throughout Scripture has served as a catch-all, really, for every type of thing. So is, it started out for every type of food. From the very beginning, the word bread was used to describe any food that you needed. Every food fell under the category of bread. We actually see this at the very beginning in, in Genesis chapter 3 with the fall. What happens in the fall? Uh, Genesis 3.19, By the sweat of your face... You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return. So, so what's the implication here? It's not that, it's not that God is just, is is God just cursing our bread making here? You're going to sweat when you make bread? Well, quit making bread. You know, is this God cursing bread? And so all you ladies need to throw out your KitchenAid mixers uh, because you're fighting the fall here. I mean, is that, is that what he's talking about? It's not just bread that God is saying is going to be affected here. It's all food that is going to be affected by the fall. The the most basic foods that you have to, that that you have, you're going to have to work for. You're going to have to toil over. Which means if bread is a labor, how hard is the other food going to be? I mean, bread here in, in Genesis is symbolizing all food, which is why sometimes in your Bible, the word bread will, the same word for bread will just be translated food in your Bibles. You won't even know that it's the word bread. They'll hide it from you. Uh, you know, so, so for example, in Genesis 47, Genesis 47, 13. Uh, here we've got the famine in the land of, of Egypt. This is the story of Joseph. And it says, now there was no food in all the land for the famine was very severe. Now, what word do you think is bread in that, in that passage? There's no Literally, it was there was no bread in all the land. I mean, in the, the, the Hebrew, it's the, the word for bread. There's no bread, but what's it implying? There? That there is no food. There was no food in all land. I think these translators are right to say food. I wish it had bread and then was like, uh, he's meaning by bread, all food, uh, so that we could see the connections between the Hebrew words, but that's okay. But the idea is, again, it's not that they just didn't have bread. In the land is that they didn't have any food. There was no food in the land. The word bread uh, came to symbolize not just bread itself, not just loaves, but all food. I think maybe the the place we can see that bread means all food most clearly. I love this one is in Leviticus chapter 3. As everyone says, I love this and then points to Leviticus. Here, we're getting instructions here in in Leviticus 3. We're getting instructions in Leviticus 3 on on how to sacrifice a goat, okay? It's instructions on how to offer up a sacrifice of a goat, and it's got details on how to do that, what to do with the blood, what to do with the entrails, what to do with the kidneys, you know, what to do with the fat. And it says in verse 16 of Leviticus 3, and the priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. Now, guess what the word for food is? The word bread. As a bread offering. Well, literally as a bread offering. Now, now if somehow barbecue goat is bread, right? Then I need more bread in my life. So biblically, what we see for the people of Israel, when, when Jesus praying and he says, give us our daily bread. And they've been in the scriptures and they've been Hebrews their whole lives. For them, bread is not just bread. Bread is all food. Daily bread would be all the food you might need. But here what Jesus is actually doing is he's actually expanding the word even more. He's making it even more full so that bread is going to include not just just our food needs, but all of our physical needs, not just the needs of our bellies. So when Jesus is telling us to ask for our daily bread, we're not just asking for our daily food to be supplied. We are, in the end, asking God to supply all of the things we need in life. And Paul actually takes this expansion of the word bread in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 he says, is uh, talking about the lazy person. It says, now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Literally that earn their own living is eat their own bread. Bread, again, bread being a symbol for all that you might need to live by. So they need to, they need to do their work quietly and earn the stuff that they need. And that's what, that's what the, 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 the translators recognized that this word bread had, had by this time taken on that meaning, not just of loaves and not just of food, but of everything that someone needed to live by, of all of their physical needs. And so that's why they translate it, earn their own living, even though technically it is eat their own bread. So when we ask God, give us this day our daily bread, we're not just asking God for a loaf. Nor are we just asking him for our stomachs to be full. We're asking him for all that we need to survive. Bread is everything that we might need. This prayer is, again, I think we can see as we're, as, we're, as we're going into how the Bible is laying. This prayer is much richer than just asking for a loaf. It is asking God for everything you need to survive. So whether you like bread or don't like bread. Whether you think, oh, I mean, a loaf of bread, what's, what's that? Whatever it is, you can recognize we're asking God here for everything we need. So that's what's wrapped up in the word bread. Now, why why is asking for bread important? Look at a couple of reasons that asking for bread, asking for our physical needs, uh, wrapped around the word bread, is so important. One is it demonstrates our faith. Going to God and saying, "Our daily bread, give us," is demonstrating our faith. I mean, combine this with what we learned, with what we learned earlier that what you ask for is important. What is Jesus teaching us by, by putting asking for bread in this important position in the prayer? Putting it first in front of the verb. Unlike all the other requests. Why is he putting our daily bread first? Because God knows our temptations to ask for things that we don't need. We can confidently ask God for all that we need here because he has told us to. I mean, in many ways, a lack of specificity in this prayer shows our faith praying for our bread shows our faith because what is it praying it's saying God I can just pray give me everything that I might need because I know God that you know what I need so I can just I can lump it in the give us our daily bread because I know you know the bread that my life is going to require we can simply say bread and know that he knows everything that that word encompasses Again, although it's not wrong, it's not wrong to list out all of our needs. It's not wrong. But it is sufficient to simply say, give me the bread that I need. Knowing that God knows all that we need for that day. So you can, this is the faith. You don't have to sit there and, and, and treat God again like Jesus warned about in Matthew 6. You have to treat him like one of the pagan gods that if I don't know exactly what I need and tell God exactly what I need, he's not going to give it. And so I've got to sit here and figure out exactly what I'm going to need today, even though the day has just started. And you don't know what you're going to need that day. You don't know the daily requirements. So to be able to come to God and say, God, give me my bread, knowing that that means everything that I need, there's a faith to that. God, you know what I need. You know what I need even more than I do. Which leads to the second thing. Not only does it demonstrate faith, but it teaches us humility. It teaches us humility. Because the truth is, many times, we don't know what we really need. And then on top of that, often, we don't need what what it is we do think we need. We often turn our wants into needs. And God will give you your bread. He may not give you a three-tiered cake, right? Marie Antoinette. But he will always make sure that we have what we need. So you and I can ask for bread and know that what we need, even the needs we don't know about, are covered in that prayer to our Father. And it's good for us to recognize there are needs you don't know about. There are things you don't know that you need. You don't realize how much your daily bread hangs by a thread of his grace. We're going to look at this in two weeks. We become, when we have so much, we become very confident that we don't even really need God. Of all the prayers that we can pray, I think most of us probably think this is the one we can skip. Because we think none of us fear whether or not we're going to have bread today. Very rarely do we think Oh, no, I wonder if I'm going to be fed tomorrow. Our richness has caused us to, to in our pride, forget that God knows exactly what we need. And he's the one that supplies it, not us. And so by praying, give me this day my daily bread, our daily bread. There's a humility in that. He says, I don't know what I'm going to need today. But I know everything that I need You will provide. So it it demonstrates our faith. It it teaches us our humility. But also in that, it's also important for us to realize as Christians that God will richly meet those needs. Meaning this, God is not going to be a miser when it comes to him giving us our daily bread. God does not, in a miserly way, feed his children. Now the reason I point this out is because that's the point that Jesus makes about this in Luke eleven. Okay, so when he does the same prayer in Luke 11, Jesus focuses on this idea. So again, if you you flip to Luke 11, remember at the end of of the Lord's Prayer, in both, in in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11, at the end of of each Lord's Prayer, Jesus will go on to expound on a particular point in that prayer. In, In Matthew 6, he goes to expound on forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness. But in Luke 11, he expounds on this request. On bread, he starts to talk about bread and God giving us bread. So let's look at Luke 11 verses five through nine. So this is right, after, right after giving them the, the, the prayer, right after teaching them to the pray, and giving them the Lord's Prayer, including, "Our daily bread give us this day?" Beginning in verse nine, or verse five, he says, "And he said to them, "Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, "Friend, lend me three breads." lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey. and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within. Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. He hadn't read about co-sleeping at that time. (laughs) I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you so not not only will the lord supply your bread after just telling us to give our daily bread here we see he will supply you with the bread and this is where we get the 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 our daily bread that's going to be important god will supply you with enough bread to take care not only of your needs but to take care of others and that's the rich supply. Now, now notice, he doesn't... And, and this is the impudence of it, right? When the guy goes to the, to the man, who's supposed to be a picture of the father, and asks him for bread, he doesn't just ask him for a loaf. He's got a friend showing up, and he doesn't just say, give me a loaf, or can you spare a square? Like, just give me even just something to tide him over. He says, knock, 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 in the middle of the night, I need... Three loaves. I need, do you have three breads? It's like the price is right. I don't have three breads. Two breads? He doesn't do that. He says, I need three breads. He has a friend and he wants to overflow that friend with hospitality. And that's what he's asking from God. He's saying, God, uh," after just saying, give us our daily bread, Jesus comes and says, and sometimes the daily bread that you're going to need Is three loaves to to give to someone else who is in need. And he says, you can come to the Father. You can ask not just for a loaf to supply you, and not even you a loaf and them a loaf. You can come and you can ask for three loaves. And what will the Lord do? The Lord will give it to you. He will bless you. He asks and you will receive it. It will be given to you. Seek it and you'll find it. It'll, It'll be open to you. This is what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul takes it and says, yes, this is is how the Lord operates. When he gives us anything, when he meets any of our daily breads, and you go, I've got more than bread for today. Right? And you've collected your manna from the Lord, and you've got leftovers. Why has the Lord given you more than the bread that you need for the day? It is not just for you. It is so that if a stranger comes in the middle of the night and knocks on your door, you'll have loaves to give to them too. So this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 12. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, which who is that? God, right? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous In every way. Which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. But is also overflowing. In many thanksgiving to God. So God who supplies both the seed and the bread. Will make us. Will make, make us enriched will 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 make us well you will be enriched and that word enriched is really the word enriched he will make you wealthy it's the word for wealthy he will he will give you this wealth in every way for what purpose so that you can be generous in every way now why does he do that why does he say he does that because that is good for his name Not only will he supply our needs as the saints, but he will overflow beyond that so that many thanksgivings are lifted up to his name. So, meeting your daily bread. And giving you your daily bread and giving you enough daily bread so that you can be enriching you in every way. So that you can be generous in every way. So when your day comes in, you go, I've got more than enough that I need to buy bread today. So my father, who's the one who's given me my job, who's allowed me to keep my job, who hasn't caused all sorts of financial ruin to meet me or our country or wherever. Like I'm here and I'm enriched and I'm not fearful of bread. Why has God been generous to you in that way? He's been generous to you. He's enriched you so that you might be generous to others for what what purpose? because in the end what happens his name is hallowed his name is glorified and this is how you see that the doing of these things ties back to that first table because it's when he does this that produces what he enriches in every way so that we might be generous in every way through uh, which through us will produce thanksgiving to whom to god for the ministry, this is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. It is His name that is hallowed when He gives us our daily bread, and when He gives us enough bread to meet not just our needs, but the needs of others. And and I've talked to to you guys about this. We've talked about this before. This is this is what I'm going to talk about it in a week, yeah, two weeks. Uh, I mean, this is the hourness of the daily bread. This is what the early church realized. Why the early church was, if someone didn't get their daily bread, the early church realized that God gave me my bread and more bread than I needed to supply their daily bread. And this is why I tell you, like, if you're ever in financial straits or hard times, this is why you come to the church, because the church has richly blessed other members in the church to give you bread in this time. Now, that's not to maybe help you keep your super cool cell phone service set up, right? It's not to enable you to have six streaming services. Don't, don't, don't think that's the daily bread that, that the church is going to meet you. But there, this is why I could tell that, that woman and her child that every need of theirs would be met if they tie themselves to Christ and to his body. The Lord is supplying us with bread richly so that we might be generous to each other so that his name might be hallowed. So God will supply bread for you, not only for you to survive, but for you to minister to others. So when you're praying for, for daily bread, don't, don't just think that praying for daily bread is some sort of you know, perpetual poppers prayer. This prayer is, is to give us all we need so that we might even be able to supply all that we need for each other. It is it is, to long, it is to long for prosperity for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of his name. It is to realize that you're going to go to God and ask for daily bread and recognize, and if you give me a, a slice more than that, Father, I will use it for your kingdom. I will use it on that stranger who knocks in the middle of the night and wakes me up. I'll use it for you. Because you have given it to me for that purpose. You have enriched me beyond my daily needs. I mean, can you imagine people in the first century talking about, well, you've got extra bread. Maybe you should put it in your bank account, uh, your bread account, or how's your, you know, your, your whatever doing. To be supplied beyond your, your need would be astounding to them. To have more than enough to feed you for today would be Amazing. So if God, if God does that, if he richly blesses you beyond what you need to survive, realize that he's done that to, so that you can be generous. Why? So that his name would be hallowed. So that his name would be praised. So that many thanksgivings would come to him. That's why you can pray this and, and see God richly bless you in it. He's going to richly meet this need. He's not going to be a miser because he's going to use the bread that he gives to you. When he gives you surplus bread, he's going to use it to take care not just of you, but of us. And there's the us nature of this prayer again. So long for prosperity so that you might be, you know, precipitously generous. Ask for, ask for three loaves for what purpose? So that you might use them for his name, for his kingdom, for his will. The very things you just prayed about before you got to give us this day our daily bread and teach me to use my daily bread for your name, for your kingdom and for your will let's pray let's just take a couple moments and come to our heavenly father and and let's be very practical and literal let us right now uh, ask your father to give you your daily bread And recognizing that, that that prayer is a rich prayer, richer than, than, than just asking for a slice. It's not less than that, but it is also more rich than that. that asking for bread is, is everything that we need. Bread is a rich word biblically. I mean you, in many ways you can't ask for less than bread, but biblically, it'd be you could hardly ask for more than that either. It's such a simple prayer. But it's a simple prayer that shows the faith that you have in God, who you think actually supplies the things that you need. So much so that you can know, God, I, I can just, I can just ask you for bread and know that you'll meet everything that I need. It's a simple prayer that, that highlights our, 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 our humility. God, I don't know. I don't know what I need to ask for and I don't need to. And and if I thought I knew what I needed, I'd probably be wrong. God, you know what I need before I even ask it and and. Sometimes I don't even know what I need in the middle of missing it. A simple prayer, but a rich one. Father, we come to you with this simple prayer that is full of biblical truth, that is full of biblical imagery. That is asking you to give us everything that we need, recognizing that God, we actually can't supply for ourselves. And in our comfort, sometimes we can forget that, like you warn about. And God, your son teaches us to come and to say, This, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And so, Father, that's what we ask today that we would recognize that you will meet all of our needs, richly blessing us so that we might richly bless each other all for the sake of your name so that Thanksgiving might be lifted up to you, our father who supplies our physical needs, how much more our spiritual ones. So give us our bread. And as we ask that, may that, May that shadow be sitting there that reminds us the bread that is your word, the bread that is our Christ, the one who takes care not just of our physical souls, but of, uh, our physical bodies, but of our souls. May we remember that, Father. May you give us this day our daily bread. So in Christ's name we pray. Amen.